Welcome. You have entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simron. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Empower yourself. Broaden your mind. Open your heart and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simron. Welcome to 1111 Talk Radio. I'm thrilled to be with you today, and I have a special note for you. I want to tell you a little bit about the gifts of stillness, breath, and doing more nothing. Become intimate with restlessness. Let boredom caress every part of you. Amid your experiences, breathe, be silent, do more nothing. Discover pockets of emotion that are tucked away or avoided, and listen to the whispers that keep you running and reacting. Feel into the sensations of discomfort that rise in the body, the layers that may seem never-ending. And what you will begin to feel is a subtler part of you. There's an awareness of a subtlety and a sensitivity that is inside of you. And the more that you're with yourself, you'll begin to realize that you are not just an energy being and a spiritual being or even a human being, but there is a silent animal that is moving and craving and instinctually knowing things. But you have to get in touch with that. This is from one of my sets of new books that are coming out this year. Living the Seven Blessings of Human Experience represents a beautiful set of unorthodox blessings I'd love for you to dive into. And it's out and available now. And this month, Book two comes out, being the seven illusions that derail personal power, purpose, and peace. And within it, I talk about the obsessed nature of personhood that's ignorant of its vices and unconsciously obedient to the shadow and monster expressions within us, but also how you tap into this animal that is who we are. We are a human animal. And so that taps in a little bit to today's show. I'm very excited about my guest today. Last week, we spoke with Karen No, a psychic medium, who came out with an angel oracle deck. And we talked about divination when it comes to angels. Today, we are going to be talking about the animal kingdom and spirit animals. And I'm really honored to have... Dr. Stephen Farmer, a licensed psychotherapist, soul healer, and author of several best-selling books and oracle cards, including Animal Spirit Guides, Earth Magic, Earth Magic Oracle Cards, Children's Spirit Animal Cards, Healing Ancestral Karma, and the recently released book, Animals, Personal Tales of Encounters with Spirit Animals and the Oracle Card Shaman Path. I want to mention one card that I pulled from his messages from the Ancestors Oracle deck, and it was the card Mother, which has to do with nurturing. The scales are out of balance now. As you have been giving your time and attention to others, you've been feeling drained from this, and you're caught up with the energetic shifts that are occurring in the world and in our collective consciousness. I'd like to welcome you, Stephen, to 1111 Talk Radio. It's great to have you here. Oh, it's great, Simran. I really appreciate what you had to say too uh, in oh, the opening. Thank you. That's great. I got to well, check out. I have to check out your books. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much. I'm thrilled to have you here. You really have created so much in terms of personal growth, spiritual awareness, consciousness when it comes to the animal kingdom, animal spirits, animal guides. And I'd like to start off a little bit of of what I read from even my book as to we are human animals, and that was a concept that 
years ago, probably people didn't say very much, but now I'm hearing it more and more from different places. And it's one of the first things that you say in the new book, Animals, Personal Tales of Encounters with Spirit Animals. And I'd like to talk a little bit about what that means to you. What, how are we that human animal? And what can we do with that uh, set of energies, vibrations, instincts, cravings, uh, hungers, all of those pieces and parts that come with being an animal? Well, it's um, I, basically we're mammals, just like every other mammal. You know, we pretty much operate in the same way. We ingest, we eliminate, you know, we have movements, we have the instinctual responses that we can be aware of, or sometimes they're largely unconscious. And um, somebody some some ape, <laughs> you know, some 200,000 years ago or more, got up and walked on two feet. You know, I have no idea how that happened. It's all conjecture and speculation, but uh, things started to change then. And um, I, I find uh, it fascinating. One way I look at us is, yes, we're in monkey bodies. You know, we're, we're in animal bodies. And we had this... Um, awareness that sometimes I call it self-reflective consciousness. And there's a lot of theories about how we came upon that self-reflective consciousness. But like uh, many stories, often stories tell a lot more and speak to us at a deeper level than, say, logical explanations or theories like that. And uh, Simran, one of my favorites and I've, re- I've viewed it probably over the years, probably three or four times. It's on YouTube, and it's the first few minutes of the movie 2001 Space Odyssey. Mm, yes. Classic movie. And in it, there are, uh, you ob- apparently you remember it too, but there are two ape tribes. And there's a water hole in a fairly um, desert type of area. And so uh, one tribe is dominant in that water hole and there's another tribe of apes that comes along scares that first one off and they run off and they go to sleep in the caves and they wake up there's this eerie music and this obelisk that's that's just planted there and they're all going what the what is this so they get curious they're bouncing around making noise and touch the obelisk and and obviously something is happening there they're being infused with a different kind of awareness, different kind of consciousness. So uh, what happens then is they're going around hunting, uh, gathering whatever they can. One ape looks at these bones that was from some animal, and he reaches down, he picks up one of the bones, like a thigh bone, and he looks at it, and then he starts hitting with that thigh bone, breaking apart the other bones. Like a real, he just has a, fa- a curiosity about it. So obviously, it's the first time that there was a thought about doing so. And it was inspired by this um, obelisk, is the best way I would describe it. So the irony is, though, <laughs> is then the other apes pick up something of the bones and they go back to the water hole and they scream and yell and everything, and the other tribe screaming and yelling. But then one of the apes from the tribe that had been uh, uh, pushed away from the water hole goes across and hits one of the other apes with one of the bones. And then it's all, you know, from there, it's all over. 
you know, the, the ones that had uh, captured the waterhole in the beginning of the story now were chased off. The irony is the first use of that consciousness is a weapon. Mm. Yeah, and you know, I'll let your listeners kind of ponder that, but that I find that just ironic. I don't need to say anything more about that, but I just find it ironic. Well, I it's, love that, and I love that you started out with that story and that analogy that had me sitting here thinking, "Wow, we haven't evolved very much, have we?" <laughs> or have, <laughs> I mean, we're kind of in the same place in a different period of time, uh, but we we kind of behave in that same manner, and and yet, you know, what you bring to light is that thought kind of showed up there and um yeah it, it's yeah. fascinating yeah it's uh, it's the instinctual response that um plays itself out in us as contemporary human beings uh sometimes is disconnected you know, from the awareness of and i'm not saying it very well but there's a disconnect between being aware of the instinctual responses. A good example is all the uh, work with trauma that we're beginning to see a lot of information coming forth and healing methodologies of trauma, which I think is great. You know, I'm, you know, I'm certified in a couple of uh, trauma recovery skills, etc., and I find I really get it. I get it, and that's that the results of any traumatic experience live in the body first and foremost. Well, that's what I realized in in and, and that's part of where my three books that are coming out this year came from is in moving through trauma and letting that dissolve from the body, I touched the animal and and it was the yeah. physiology which is where everything is held. It's where the trauma is. It's where yeah. the initial before we know emotions, before we know thoughts, what we only know is the energy of the physiology and the sensations that come through us and how we respond or how we hide or the fight or flight. And all of that does feel very animal to me. And I know you are a psychotherapist, you're a soul healer, you're a shaman. You have obviously created so many Oracle decks that uh, teach people how to tap into their spirit animals or be guided through their instinct and intuition in these, uh, through these tools. Talk a little bit about, utilizing our animal instinct or tapping into that through some of the, either the shamanic methods or through the use of Oracle cards, where does that lead us or take us? Uh, It's a good question. I'm so glad to hear what you've written. I'm very curious now, and I'm also kind of astounded that you've put out three books in a year. (laughs) (laughs) Yay. Good for you. Good for you. I know, I know what that takes, you know, I understand what that takes a lot of discipline, a lot of saying no. So congratulations, you know, I admire you for that. Thank you. And it's from what you read, very good information, very, very useful, practical information. Now, in response to your question, Simran, um, and then we're going to lead over to spirit animals, too, because that, I think, naturally leads to spirit animals, what they're about, etc., um, yes, trauma lives in the body. And a good example, it's, it's when an animal feels trapped in some way. There's one of a couple of responses that occur. One is that the to leave, you know, to escape, get out of there. The other response, if leaving, you know, we say t- fight, fight, flight, but there's more to that. Uh, it's more to it than that. 
But if they can't escape from the trap, then they perhaps would try to fight their way out. This is true of humans. You know, when, when we're carrying that traumatic response or when we're traumatized, those are the choices. And if we take it to childhood trauma, makes perfect sense. Well, how can a child, you know, uh, who does not yet have any adaptive cap or significant adaptive capabilities escape from the trap of a very um, dysfunctional family situation? And one of the other things that can happen is that if th there's no success in escaping or fighting their way out, there's a tendency for the nervous system to collapse. And that collapse we sometimes call depression. And that's what it truly is because the nervous system, the nervous system is not functioning like it you know, ordinarily would be with a healthy environment. So anyway, it's a matter of, and um, as someone goes along of being able to become more keenly aware of the body, which has been um, disallowed, shall we say, that awareness of the body. I think just a lot of us are walking around, we're not really aware of our instinctual responses or of our instinct, that gut feeling. So same thing happens in the animal kingdom. You know, if an animal is trapped, I mean, I, I hate to say this, but, you know, I've seen a, I get um, messages, emails from the Humane Society, for instance, and they rest, God bless them, because they, uh, part of their mission is to rescue tr animals that have been trapped or mis mistreated or abused in some way. And the pictures are just like tragic. You can see the collapse, you know, in the expressions of the animals. And the good news is, as you well know, and I'm so glad you're writing about this too, Simran, is the good news is there's a lot of methodologies, you know, to help um, unfreeze the freeze that goes on in the body. You know, if we're consistently abused, our body takes on a certain characteristic that is the result of that abuse. And literally, there's a trapped sort of energy in the body maybe in various locations where it's more strong, uh, it's uh, more strong. How's that? Uh, it's stronger. So anyway, um, I just want to promote that as well for the listeners is look into that. There's various things, EMDR, EFT, the tapping, there's somatic experiencing. Uh, there's other things like creative expression, dance, sing, break through that kind of barriers that really does help heal from the trauma. So, I love all that you shared. Uh, it, it's really powerful information, and trauma has become such a powerful conversation. And I know that as I move through my own trauma and for many other people, animals play a significant role. They yeah. can provide a lot of love and nurturing. They can be that place of comfort and unconditionality as someone does go to heal. As we move to commercial break, I want to mention also Stephen Farmer's Children's Spirit Animal Cards. He brought up mm -hmm. about kids and how we're all wounded as kids. Asking for what you want. I'm going to, I pulled the lion card and it says asking for what you want is actually very simple, yet the mere idea of it can trigger fears, both conscious mm -hmm. and unconscious. When there's an opportunity to ask for something you would like, such as asking a friend for a ride to the airport, you may notice a tightness in your gut and increase in your heart rate and respiration and a slight mm -hmm. trembling in your hands. 
Getting physically activated like this at the mere thought of making this request can either deter you from doing so or with the courage of lion spirit cause you to act in spite of your nervousness and trepidation. That's what true courage is, acting Mm. in spite of fear. So make a list of three things that you'd like to have happen and ask God, the angels, lion spirit, or any other spirit guides for help in making these things happen. My guest today is Dr. Stephen Farmer, and we are discussing his new book, the new book that he is featured in, Animals, Personal Tales of Encounters with Spirit Animals. If you'd like to know what a jaguar does and how they restore hope to the heartbroken woman, or how an otter that instills confidence in a young single mom, or practices that you can use to enhance your own connection to your spirit animal, I definitely advise that you pick that up and listen to the rest of the show. We will be right back with more of Dr. Stephen Farmer, and you can find out about all of his books, all of his work, and his oracle decks at drstephenfarmer.com. We'll be right back after these messages. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Do you want more? More joy, more abundance, more power and presence? How would it feel to have more loving relationships, more empowered community, greater fulfillment, and life purpose? The 1111 Mastermind Community inspires, empowers, guides, and supports transformation. Shift your mind, expand your heart, deepen insights, let go and chart a new course, dream a new dream. The 1111 Mastermind Community is an online portal for personal transformation and soulful expansion. Go to courses.1111mag.com. That's courses.1111mag.com. Change begins with you. Let it be simple, convenient, and transformative. The time is now. Step through the 1111 gateway. Courses.1111mag.com. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at imsimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. Our intimate connection to the animal kingdom reveals itself in a variety of ways. 
Even in congested urban settings, birds sing away in the trees. Pigeons gather around the man on the park bench feeding them, and squirrels scamper about doing squirrel business. Taking a walk in an urban park or rural forest, we might catch a glimpse of groundhogs rumbling through the bush, deer quietly darting away, or wild turkeys scratching for grubs. Whether we notice them or not, animals coexist with us, sometimes to our dismay, like finding a mouse in the kitchen pantry. But what if that rodent, wasp, or opossum is appearing to us for a deeper reason? You know, I call all of those conversations with the universe. Well, Stephen Farmer talks a lot about this in the book, Animals, Personal Tales of Encounters with Spirit Animals. And that is what we are discussing today. I pulled another card from his Power Animal deck. It was the boar. Pulling the boar oracle card can open you to the warrior spirit, which can help you find your direction in life. The boar is a wild and powerful animal that helps you discover a secret about yourself and about the world. However, it can also be an indicator that you've lost your sense of direction and compels you to address any issues you're experiencing head on. It's so much fun always pulling your cards from your card deck, Stephen. I love all of them and have several of your decks. And I would love for individuals to understand what spirit animals actually are and to have an understanding that they're all around us. Because so often right. people think, well, I'll never see a giraffe out in the middle of the city <laughs> or right. I'll never right. see a whale, you know, just show up in my backyard. But yet these do show up as signs, symbols and synchronicities along within our Oracle decks. Uh, so true. And I, I'll go ahead and launch, you know, the, uh, let's say 25 words or less, you know, description of what a spirit animal is. It's any animal, any animal. And I use the term spirit animal and animal spirit guide interchangeably. So you'll hear me maybe use one or the other, but they mean the same thing to me. And that's that when an animal shows up in an unusual way, and as you mentioned, it's, it could be a symbol of the animal or uh, uh, it could be a, a poster. It could be a dream that you wake up with, but in some other way, a symbolic presentation of the animal. So when an animal shows up, either the physical animal or the image or the symbol of the animal, there's something pretty powerful going on. Um, what's happening in that case is that great spirit or God, source, universe, you know, whatever you call that force, you know, the one term I like, perhaps I favor more and more is the great mystery, you know, that influences this collaboration between the, your consciousness and the consciousness, not only of the specific animal, but of also the, uh, that the, that animal that's showing up symbolically or physically is really, I call them a sales rep. <laughs> they're trying I love to get, that. <laughs> they're trying yes. to get, you know, they're trying to sell you a message in a sense, you know, and it's very uh, inexpensive. Let's put it that way. In fact, it's typically very, it's free. So what you pay attention to when an animal shows up in an unusual way and or, and or repeatedly in a short space of time, and again, I stress, you know, the physical animal or a symbol, like you said, Around here in Orange County, where I live in Dana Point, there's no giraffes. There's bears. There's bears up in the mountains, but they're not here. So that particular animal slash spirit animal is going to show up like in your dreams or in other some other sort of um, sign or omen. So what's going on? The best way that to to understand it is yes, great spirit, God is putting that animal in your path, and. 
the way I view it, Simran, is more and more is that it's a uh, it's an unconscious collaboration. In other words, it's not something we're aware of. We go, well, I think I'm going to see a deer today. No, no, no. They show up at a time, typically a time in our life when we need some guidance. And I find it's much, it's very, very accessible. Because like you uh, read that piece about animals all around. Yeah, they're all around us. You know, even even in our mind's eye, you know, we can uh, conjure up an animal or more accurately that an animal will come to us. And I go, huh. I find myself thinking about porcupines. That's weird. <laughs> well, yes and no. It means that not just the animal porcupine, and this is really what I want to stress, but again, that animal is showing up as a representative of the collective consciousness of the entire species, which in turn is a direct line to great spirit. That's what's cool about it. And you, I'm sure, uh, I, I'm just coming to know you now, Simran, and I respect what I've heard a great deal, is like learning how to pay attention to these signs and symbols, whatever they may be, uh, spirit animals, uh, inspiration that happens, nature spirits, etc., ancestors, archangels. You know, it doesn't matter to me how you get that guidance, but I think today more than ever, it's really important to learn, pay attention to these kind of signs and symbols that show up. And animals are very accessible. So, and it's really easy to learn how to do this. Go ahead. The, yeah. They're very accessible. And I'd love for individuals to know the distinction between perhaps totem animals, power animals. Like, is there is is there one that has been with us since childhood that is always our strongest one? And then do these others come in and out to create that guidance as we're moving through things or is there a certain uh, moment in time that a certain animal comes to us because we need it so that we become that archetype talk a little bit about how this how this works and, and what we use to how we embody this in our lives and within sure. ourselves yeah let's start with the uh, animal spirit guides um when an animal comes to you in an uh, unusual way or repeatedly and it, it's really obvious to you. You go, wow, is that the crow? You know, I see crows here almost every morning. You know, a, a they, they call them, a, I have no idea why they call it a murder of crows. That is a, so weird, but a group mm -hmm. of crows. You know, they're out there all the time. So that's not unusual. Now, if a crow hops, and let's say I go out my, I'm, I have a home office and I go out my front door and there's a crow sitting there on top of my car, you know, five feet away. And he looks right at me, you know, and I swear he'll look right at me. There's something else going on there. That's an unusual appearance. I'm on my way. I, I just got back from a trip and I flew to Phoenix and then I rented a car, went to Sedona for this gathering. And a, a big theme over the last several days has been patience. I was told, <clears throat> I call it downloads, uh, from the ancestors that I, receive messages from regularly that patience is going to be very important, which makes sense, logical sense too, on a trip, right? <clears throat> Get this, this is so cool. So I'm driving along from Phoenix in my rental car up to Sedona, and I'm still in just the outskirts of Sedona. So I'm not going very fast, but I'm probably doing 40, 45 miles an hour. I look out my left window briefly. There is a 
dove that's parallel paralleling me, mm. <laughs> flying along right next to me for a few moments. And I went immediately understood. <clears throat> Excuse me one sec. Out here the last few days, so I'm a little grog, little froggy voice. But anyway, I, I knew uh, often dove or dove's medicine or meaning or message is be calm, you know, peaceful, etc. So it tied right in with the message of patience. So I knew it was a reinforcement of something I had heard earlier in a download. So I'll talk about totem and power animals, but let me say something about interpretation and how do you get the message? You know, how do you how do you interpret that kind of experience like I just shared? Or uh, when a grasshopper, I was getting ready to to uh, uh, go do some recording of my original music a few years ago, and the side door was open and a grasshopper hops in, and I get the message right away, hop to it, mm. <laughs> you know, as a, <laughs> as a metaphor. So anyway, um, there's three ways that you can approach um, how to get, how to discern what the message is. The first way, look it up, you know, simplest. And especially if this is new to you, yes, go to the internet, go get one of my books or somebody else. There's other people doing this work too. Uh, get the book Animals, you know, the one that, um, that also contains personal tales from various people that have submitted their stories. I get to be the featured author, which is such a privilege, but I got to pass it along to the people that submitted their stories. They're amazing stories in this book, Animals, Personal Tales of Encounters with Spirit Animals. So anyway, it's like, look it up in a book like that, or on the internet, uh, you, you have a dream of an elephant. So, you know, well, well, that was pretty powerful. That's what this guy Farmer was talking about. So let me check it out. So you go to the internet and you look up elephant, spirit animal, and you see what what's listed or what's described as the messages or the meanings of that kind of experience. <clears throat> and um, you may get, oh, I don't know, half a dozen different possibilities, but typically there'll be one or two that sort of jump out at you or resonate with you. So that's one way. Do um, look it up. It's okay. It's, it's good when you're first starting to work with spirit animals. The second way is very interesting and that's a that's that often the characteristics of the specific animal as an animal spirit guide or a spirit animal you can mm, pull uh, from their characteristics a metaphor and the metaphor will be the message example let's let's go with elephant you know when you think of elephant simran just off the top of your head what what comes to mind what are characteristics of the physical animal uh, the, the trunk, the good. Yeah. Yeah. Anything, anything else? I didn't mean to put you on the spot. But... Sure. I, I, the feet are always interesting to me. The big feet. Okay. Big feet, which suggests perhaps what being really grounded, really grounded, stable. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And then also nurturing. I just see elephants as motherly and nurturing. Absolutely. The, uh, the community of the elephants, if there is an injured elephant, the community won't leave her or him alone. You know, they'll help that elephant. Yes, very nurturing, you know, with their offspring. They're very nurturing. Uh, they're also pretty big and 
it's unlikely you would stand in the way of an elephant that's stampeding. So there's a real certain kind of a power to them. Um, so you draw from these, like the feet, for instance, perhaps it means as a metaphor, all right, Stephen, you know, it's time to really get grounded, you know, plant your, plant your feet on the mother earth, you know, get grounded. It may be that um, elephant is, or the message from elephant spirit through the physical animal or the symbol of the animal, big dream. It could mean also, uh, don't let anything stand in your way. <laughs> and that's, that's a drawing that message from the fact that there's very few human beings who would stand in the way of an elephant that's stampeding. And you go on and on like that, the dove, you know, peace, calmness. When you look at a little dove, oh, your heart just opens. You know, there's such a sweetness to them. So any of those characteristics of the animal can be drawn forth as a message. Now, the, the third way, and this is where it gets interesting, Simran, direct revelation. That term comes from my training in shamanism. And that's that in the shamanic world, as a practitioner or shaman, but as a pra shamanic pra practitioner or a shaman, the principle is one of the foundations of shamanism. It's not unique to shamanism, you know, don't get me wrong. But the idea there is the practitioner goes directly to the spirit guides for the information, for their guidance, for information, uh, meta, you know, the what, what do I need to know now, etc. I love how you did that with the coyote story at the back of the book. That was fascinating. Yeah. Oh, it was amazing. And I can retell that um, b briefly. Uh, walking, and I live in a fairly suburban neighborhood. We have a park in the middle of the neighborhood. And I take my dogs. I've got two dogs. I take one or the other or both dogs out to walk to the park. At that time, we only had one dog. And um, it's twilight, you know, just a little past twilight, that betwixt and between, you know, where you, there's still light, but it's getting dark. And I looked and I saw something just trotting along the street near the park. And I thought, well, it's another dog. No, wait. As I looked closer and I sort of ambled over there slowly, I went, oh my God, it's a coyote. Not unusual, by the way. We have canyons nearby, et cetera, where the coyotes might uh, my uh, younger dog just speaking of he just came to me you know what are mm. you talking you talking about one of my <laughs> my cousins here <laughs> anyway so i i spotted the coyote of course i said mr animal spirit guide okay what's the, what's the deal so here's what i did is exactly what i'm suggesting you close your eyes if possible or you know if you're driving you do it a little bit later but you close your eyes Take a couple of deep breaths so you settle into your body because that allows a greater receptivity when you breathe, especially breathing slowly, inhale, exhaling slowly. And you go coyote, coyote spirit. That's what that means. You say it without an and that. Oh, a coyote. No, coyote or coyote spirit. What's your message? Often, not always, but often the medicine or the meaning of coyote in this instance is trickster. Mm -hmm. Either you're playing a trick on yourself, you're deceiving yourself in some way, or somebody else is deceiving you. And so I tuned in. I, I wanted a little more information because I had a hunch about who it might be. 
And I didn't think, I did, couldn't see anything on my agenda that was like that. So I thought, well, okay, let's see. So I came up with an idea of maybe three people, maybe that were being deceptive with me. And, and then it narrowed down to one because I'm going to pause you right there, Stephen. Please. We have to go to commercial break. Sure, and we understand. will finish that story when you get back. Okay. Connecting with spirit animals is an ever deepening process as the bounty of the natural world is boundless in its innate intelligence and superpowers. The more you align with these sentient beings and allow them to work their magic in your life, you will begin to feel increasingly supported by these wild and wise allies accompanied by a comforting knowing that you are never alone and never have to go it alone. Support is all around. This is from Animals, Personal Tales of Encounters with Spirit Animals, featuring Dr. Stephen Farmer and many other wonderful stories. You can find out more about all of his work at drstephenfarmer.com. We'll be right back after these messages. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you want more, more joy, more abundance, more power and presence? How would it feel to have more loving relationships, more empowered community, greater fulfillment and life purpose? The 1111 Mastermind Community inspires, empowers, guides and supports transformation. Shift your mind, expand your heart, deepen insights, let go and chart a new course, dream a new dream. The 1111 Mastermind Community is an online portal for personal transformation and soulful expansion. Go to courses.1111mag.com. That's courses.1111mag.com. Change begins with you. Let it be simple, convenient, and transformative. The time is now. Step through the 1111 gateway. Courses.1111mag.com. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at IamSimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. Renowned animal spirit guide, Dr. Stephen Farmer, explains how these profound encounters affirm our intimacy with the animal world and the realm of spirit. His wisdom will heighten your understanding of spirit animal symbolism 
the five major ways that spirit animals can speak to you and how to discern their messages for you. You'll learn how to receive the animals' gifts in the form of wisdom, guidance, protection, and power, and come to feel their support, trust their keen perception, and appreciate the simple ways in which they appear just when you need their guidance most. Animals will show you how you too can fly like an eagle, run like a puma, and reach new heights like a tallest giraffe. You can find out more about this book, Animals, Personal Tales of Encounters with Spirit Animals, that also features 35 other sacred storytellers and his other uh, different decks. His latest deck is Messages from the Ancestors Oracle, uh, which you ought to take a look at. It's beautiful. And he'll be coming out with another one soon, so get on his email list so that you are kept informed. That is drstephenfarmer.com. Welcome back, Stephen. I'd love for you to complete the story. I think you had mentioned you had three people in mind and one in particular. So what did you do next? Well, correct. And again, it's a, it's an example of direct revelation. So the next question is, um, help me out, coyote spirit. Uh, again, that coyote, that physical being was representing um, a larger field of coyote energy or coyote spirit, uh, the collective consciousness of all all coyotes. And so, in asking another question, you know, not just what was, what's your message, but uh, also can you be a little more specific? And three people came to mind, and then a further message from coyote was a way of helping me narrow it down to one particular individual, kind of like a light bulb that went off, like, oh, okay, that guy. And basically, simply what it was is that uh, I had made some um, uh, deals. Uh, now, that's not the right word, but I'd loan this guy money. And he kept saying, oh, I'll pay, you know, pay back, you know, et cetera, et cetera. He was avoiding me like crazy. And sometimes it takes me a little while. I tend to default to trust you know, and some, <laughs> sometimes I've gotten kicked or burned, you know, by that, but nothing that's really uh, damaged my life, you know, seriously. But uh, these are, this is a life lesson for me is, you know, be a little, be a little more careful about trusting, you know, in certain instances and also wake up, you know, this dude is like messing with you. So that was Coyote's message basically. And I did uh, go ahead and take care of that situation and it reached uh, we reached a successful resolution. So again, I thank and I put my hands together thanking Coyote Spirit again for his wisdom, the animal wisdom that he offered. So it was great. Now, indigenous people have always, uh, particularly Native Americans, they've always connected to animals. They had their own rituals. They knew to listen to nature, not just the seasons and right. uh, some of the other things, but specifically to animals. Can you talk a little bit about that from the indigenous side or the shamanic side, um, how, how much that support of animals in culture uh, really supported them? Absolutely. I mean, how many, you mentioned this at the beginning of the show, Simran, is just so many gifts that we get from animals. And I don't mean just spirit animals, the gifts. Uh, I mentioned that my youngest of two yeah, puppy dog came in and just came in for a little scratching and <laughs> he was happy with that and how much love you know they give to us you know the domesticated animals in our lives i came back from a trip recently and one of the things i really look forward to in addition to seeing uh, my wife and family etc 
was my two dogs because I know they would just be so ecstatic. You know, it's like, oh, you're back. Great. You know, and they, you know, they wiggle their bodies and everything and their tails. And they're so happy to see me. It's just such a joy. And any animal lovers out there know that. You know, whether it does, and I, somebody say, oh, you're a dog person or cat person. No, I'm a like all animal person. You know, we've got two chickens. We've got here on a short suburban land, two desert tortoises that we became stewards for. Um, long story, but I, I won't go into it. Two cats and two dogs, you know, so we got quite a few animals out here. And we used to have rabbits as well, but uh, due to a disease that was going around, they died. So, um Indigenous people, you know, generally, we and our Western civilization and cultures, we have a very deep forgetfulness. The forgetfulness is how we are related to everything. In a Lakota sweat lodge, which I've done a few times, you say the, the Lakota words, Metakwiasan, when you enter the womb that is um, representative, symbolic of a womb, when you go in to do this ceremony of sweat. And it means all my relations. And it's a simple, yet very profound, very deep way to honor all those relations. The good news is I think Simran, in a large part of what people are being called to do, such as yourself and myself, we're being called into this, I would call it the awakening process. We are awakening to that deep ancestral memory that we truly are all one, everything. We are related to everything. And that's not just a philosophy. <laughs> yes, it's a philosophy but it can be a felt experience every so often. I'll tell you one little trick I've been uh, working with here lately. It just came to me. And that's to repeat as I'm walking uh, through the park or somewhere in a forest or something. There is no self. There is no self. And I invite everybody to try that who's listening to this program. Just try it. See what happens. And I'll tell you briefly, my experience is just I lose for a brief period of time, that sense of my egoic self. And I think that much of that probably comes for you in particular, because you do have that shamanic training, which means you have yeah. probably delved into <clears throat> the underworld and really delved into those spaces of yourself that are yeah. uh, shadow. You have met your power animals in that space. You talk about the concept of power animal having its origins in shamanism. And I, through my own experience, have found that the only way we can transcend self and truly connect to that space of oneness that you're talking about is if we really know all the levels and layers that we have within us, which often go very deep and very dark at times. Yeah, um, yeah. But that power animal to show up there in that darkness to guide. Can you talk about the power sure. animal through the work of shamanism. Yeah, there's two other terms. You mentioned this earlier, totem animal and power animal. Uh, you can use those terms interchangeably. It doesn't matter to me, but let me say specifically about a power animal. Yes, there are traditions. There are cultural traditions that say you are born with a spirit animal that you can call your power animal. And it, it's a long-term relationship. 
But unfortunately, <laughs> there's there has not been anything in the culture, <clears throat> the larger culture, to really support that. So uh, um, let's say uh, uh, a deer appears, you know, when a baby is born in an indigenous community that follows this particular approach. That deer then becomes synchronized with the birth of this individual so that that deer will take care of them and, and follow them and help them through their lives. So that's why you mentioned the children's spirit animal cards, things like that. And also as an adult, being able to retrieve one's power animal. And the simplest, you can go to a shamanic practitioner or a shaman and they will do that. Or you just notice that, again, I reference elephant. Elephant is just you got elephant pins, you got elephant statues, you got you dream about elephants. You know, after a while, you go, "Wow, elephants really hanging around a lot." Probably that's a power animal, you know, that you had as a as a uh, at birth, but they've coming back to you. Let's say as a uh, young man or young woman, you know, when you do this work, totem animal is typically one that's shared by a community or a tribe or a clan. Um, that's not a hard and fast definition, but it is a way to think about a totem animal so that you may have the same totem animal. For instance, as uh, their 12-step group I heard about recently, that they all agreed to discover who their totem animal, you know, the shared spirit animal was. So that's a, a but again, I think they're loosely they're about the same idea. And that's a, a an animal that's going to be with a spirit animal. It's going to be with you for a long time. And it is and a source of power. Is there a particular practice that you suggest in terms of how often to connect with one's power animal or how often to check sure. in with the animal guidance that's coming our way? It's so simple to do. Once you've established a relationship, let's say, with a an ongoing relationship with a power animal, yeah, I'd say if you could do it daily, great, but at least a couple times a week, sit down, meditate, close your eyes, Thank you, beaver, you know, spirit, you know, for all that you do for me. That's one way to do it. It's just thank you, elephant spirit. Thank you, dolphin spirit. Thank you, raven spirit, etc. So that you're honoring that relationship that was initiated somewhere along the line and that that being continues with you. And the other thing I want to put a pitch in for is uh, a term that comes up in uh, Robin Wall Kimmer's book, Braiding Sweetgrass. Excellent book. Highly recommend it. You know, it's one of my all-time favorites. And she talks about reciprocity. Robin is both a, a biologist and a Native American. So she combines the two perspectives in a beautiful way. And she talks about reciprocity, that when we are given something, that we give something back. Simple. And I use the analogy of just breath. You know, we're continually engaged in reciprocity. We're receiving something, you know, when we breathe in, giving something back. But it's not conscious. So I always advise when you start working with spirit animals, power animals, etc., give something back to the animal kingdom, the, the physical animal kingdom. Volunteer your time, uh, energy, money, etc., to a favored organization. Really important. Oh, that's wonderful. Uh, when it comes to uh, reading this, the book Animals, that really does illustrate a lot of different stories and how people themselves uh, followed their own spirit animals or totems or the signs that yeah. showed up. Um, as far as when it comes to using any of your decks, does that require any kind of skill or practice or 
would individuals just pull the card at the time of a challenge or on a daily basis? Great question. There is a guidebook that comes with any of the Oracle cards, you know, others included, not just mine. And it gives you very specific instructions about how to use the Oracle cards. And mostly it's it's not like, oh, I pull a card and, you know, that that's it. Uh, I go, oh, wow, okay, I got whale. <laughs> Thank you, you know, and move on. But you, contemplate it a little bit. Invite whale spirit. Thank you, whale spirit. You can treat that as a, a gift or a presence of that particular spirit animal through that vehicle. And it is a simple way to start another way that you can begin working with spirit animals. For instance, I've got power animals, uh, messages from animal spirit guides. Uh, another one's the, really along the same lines is earth magic, oracle cards. And there are others out there. It's not just mine. Jamie Sams, David Carson, Totem Animals. That was the first deck I came across. And that was published years and years ago. Uh, I still use it from time to time. You know, it's very good. It's a very good one. So, yeah, it brings those spirit animals right to you. Thank you so much, Stephen, for being on 1111 Talk Radio. It was a beautiful conversation. And I hope you'll go out and pick up Animals, Personal Tales of Encounters with Spirit Animals, in addition to one of Stephen's Oracle decks. I pulled one last card. It is Eagle. Eagle spirit is associated with the highest and noblest, the encouragement and support to let our spirit soar. If you're in need of motivation, Eagle spirit is here to remind you that we are more than just two legs clinging to the ground. We can touch the sky. Uh, again, go to his website, drstephenfarmer.com, and you can find about all the things that he's doing. And when, while you're online, order my new books, Living the Seven Blessings of Human Experience, which is out now, and pre-order Being the Seven Illusions that Derail Personal Power, Purpose, and Peace. Until next week, I am Simran, in love, of love, with love, and as love. Be well. Thank you for opening your mind to a new reality, your heart to greater compassion, and your experience of aliveness with 1111 Talk Radio. Join host Zimron next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern Time to step through the gateway of conscious living here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember, you are not on the journey. You are the journey.